0: Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution, where we, together, usher in the law of love into our new 5D reality here on Earth. As you can tell with the new music and the guests that I've been bringing on and the topics we've been talking about, I am expanding and growing not only my own personal journey, but the the platform of this podcast to help crack us all wide open so that we can learn to release fear, release the doubt, the judgments, the confusion, all that resides in that keeps us stuck so that we can receive all the love and light that is ready and willing to fill us when we create that space. One of the beautiful souls that I've met along this journey is my dear sister Bejal, who runs on Instagram the Infinite Light Studio Account. The Infinite Light Studio Account. She is um, a conscious life coach is what she calls herself. She is such a beautiful soul, and I'm honored to bring my sister Bijal to you and everyone listening in this episode. Well, my sister Bijal it is so... First of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is... um like I just mentioned in the intro, I have met more divine souls through Instagram, through connecting. And when I saw your page, even your stories last night, and I could see, the, you said you feel like you've called to be more artistic or creative and the designs that you're putting out, the everything's blossoming right now. And I see that and I just, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to talk. Um, tell me what's happening. I mean, first of all, where give for everyone listening, where are you at? Where are you from? And where'd you grow up?
1: So, um, I'm based in Toronto, actually Mississauga, Canada. And, um, I was born in the UK. Uh, I moved here when I was, uh, nine years old. Um, I've grown up in Canada and, um, right now I am, I am a wife, a mother of two children, and honestly, um, I've kind of thrown everything else out of the window. Uh, I'm an ex-corporate uh, marketer. Uh, I'm a certified makeup artist. I'm, uh, I wore, I've worn many, many hats, and I think at this point in my life, um, there is a voice, there is a pull to express this love that i have within me and it's not conventional love it is this energetic pulsating feeling or vibration that i just feel called to share with the world you know and um so i'm just doing that in in whatever way that that happens to be so if that's writing if that's uh you know creating art or if that's podcasting or whatever it may be whatever i'm whatever opportunity presents itself i'm letting the universe guide me Mm. so in a nutshell (laughs) that is that is what i'm about um
0: did you grow up with any um conventional religion
1: yes and i think that's what um i think part of the experiences that you've shared and um the way that i've heard you speak about christianity and judaism and um, various things I, I think there was an immediate understanding or a resonance with that the learning mm. and i think that um convention in in terms of religious belief systems and structures it is the perfect catalyst to unlocking and literally breaking open that that conscious construct that that leads you to the expansion of consciousness yes so in my experience it's been like you know um the teachings were pure Mm -hmm. um perhaps the um the convention of it didn't didn't resonate with me so in my discovery of myself um and, and without it, it wouldn't have happened in the way that it did. So mm. um, to answer, that's a long-winded response to your question. But yes, um, you know, I grew up uh, in, in a religious as well as a spiritual, part of a spiritual organization that has served me so beautifully. Mm. You know, I can honor all these experiences with such gratitude and reverence. Yes. Um, yes. They may not be the only way to reach God, not may not, they are not the only way to reach God, yeah. but it was definitely a very pivotal part of my journey.
0: And what, what was your, what was the organized faith or the, the spiritual practice? So
1: I'm, um, my family uh, is Hindu. uh uh-huh um and um i have w- been a part of an organization called the Sri satya sai baba organization wow. um whose spiritual leader and guru is uh, satya sai baba wow. uh who has very much shaped you know the way that i've approached spirituality um but taking those teachings just deeper into myself into my own power into my divinity yes. um has helped me unlock the true essence of I- what i what i believe is embedded in those teachings.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. (laughs) I, I equate, I was just teaching someone, we were going through the book of Genesis, um, just the first three chapters. And it, and we (laughs) were like three hours deep and I'm drawing all this stuff out and explaining. And I said, if you just use this as a framework, just a framework of, of navigation and then jump off and, and expand and, um it it's so beautiful to take just a we all come from i mean i look at here's i look at the number i have never talked about this on podcast but this is where we're going to go through it's going to be beautiful so i look at um numbers in meaning and so how i teach yes. um uh, numbers is like 1 is beginning 2 is witness or to give account 3 is god 4 is division and this is more, I would say, in a, in a biblical framework of, of Bible, like Hebrew and uh, four is division, five is life, six is man, seven is completion, eight is new beginning, which is like infinity if you turn it on its side and yeah. it's infinite, but it's the, always constantly in a new beginning. Nine mm-hmm. would be the counter to man's divinity. So Satan or Saturn and 10 being time. So what we were, um, we were discussing all these different things and frameworks and timelines on earth and where we are mm-hmm. right now. And, and the new age that we are literally yes. like, I can feel it right now. Dawn. Like, step of yes, the Dawn. Yes. Just the, the crap, the piercing through that light piercing through. Yeah. And and I looked at the five and I said, look, there's five major monotheistic religions in the world, or may, not monotheistic, but um, major religions in the world. You have Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And I said, it's no accident that, and I know there's all the shamanistic and like more tribal, not as broad reaching globally narratives, Shintoism in, J- in Japan and all these things, but five being the number of life it's no accident that there are five paths that, that cir- circumvent the earth. And mm-hmm. then no matter where anyone is, and I was talking to my brother-in-law who's, who's Orthodox um, Jewish, and, and we were talking about how the Brahmins in Hinduism are mm-hmm. named after Abraham and Shiva in Hinduism mm-hmm. and Jewish Orthodox men study at yeshiva yeah, yeah. and you have this the path of consciousness on the planet through these paths is so fascinating it is i don't know where i'm going i just want its just fascinating and it's beautiful i
1: find it i find it really incredible that you brought this up to me not knowing my background um, I was raised as part of the organization I mentioned is a, a multi-faith organization. Wow. So I have been educated and brought up in um, understanding facets. I can't say that I've dived deep in, in all of the religions, but definitely exposure to facets of all the religions and mm. understanding the deities or the the figureheads or the yes. leader, not the leaders, but you know, the, yes. the, the the messengers of all of the religions. And um, I never associated myself with one religion, even growing up, even being born into a Hindu family. Mm. I never um, could say I am, well, maybe for a portion of my life. um, But as I grew into my own identity and my own understanding of self, I, I found it very difficult to say I am Hindu. Mm. You know, my son was when my son was born on the birth certificate They ask you no religious affiliation and we said none. We said spiritual. We wrote that (laughs) We didn't want to tie him down to an identity like from the get-go But anyhow, I find it incredible that you brought this up knowing not not knowing my background but what I have found is that it is so easy to look at religion and deconstruct it into what is true, what is not, what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. And that duality is actually, truth is, truth is not, there's no dual truth. Right. All of it is truth. Right. <laughs> so what i found is that good. I also used to dissect my journey of when I was involved with this or that or you know, and, and say, was this right? Is this, what am I thinking? Is, is what I'm taking in correct? Is it, Mm. but it was all meant for me Mm. and all these religions are meant for the world. I believe that truly because there's goodness and there is energetic, magnetic resonance Mm. with wherever information flows and energy goes like pushing that knowledge and information to whoever needs it
0: so beautiful the uh, it's interesting that they they being the the five religious paths in the duality and i would say less maybe perhaps in hinduism but well i don't want to actually make a judgment on any one particular but the religious path of duality and then making judgments and what i have taught and what I believe everyone is waking up to what the great awakening is. And first of all, everyone listening, we, Bijal and I are going to talk a lot about the great awakening, but I want to talk about the first time the word great awakening was ever used uttered out of the mouth of man was Benjamin Franklin. And he wrote about the great awakening during a time when, um, John Wesley and George Whitfield, which were the Methodist Preachers. And the Methodist church, which exists today, was a breaking away of the um, Anglican church. And so John Wesley, who came from um, a very impoverished household in London, was friends with George Whitfield, who came from a very elite family. Or maybe that's reversed. One or the other. One came from a low family. One came from a high-ranking family. And they swapped past. Yeah, so... This is what it is. John Wesley came from um, a wealthy family. George Whitfield came from a non wealthy family. George Whitfield became best friends. He came to America, to the Americas, became best friends with Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin published all George Whitfield's sermons. And George Whitfield came through the United States and literally ripped through the land with one message love God, love people they were the first abolitionist voices. They were the, like the most staunch anti-slavery, anti-control. And they, they talked about praying. There's these quotes that no man is greater than his prayer life. He who is not praying is plain. He who is not praying is strain. Like there all <laughs> these amazing like concepts and quotes. And they were the Methodists, meaning there was a methodology to their love, and, and it was in prayer. They were right. ardent, staying in that constant practice of, of communication with the divine. So Benjamin Franklin coins this term, Great Awakening. He said, it was as if every street you went down, you could hear a hymn being sung from the family home. At that time, when I mean, people wonder, like, America and the goodness of it and the mankind has always lived with the duality of the duality of, of empowerment and slavery, liberation, and freedom. And this is the duality that all of human history has lived in. And now perhaps for the first time we are experiencing the real great awakening. There was the great awakening of the 17, the late 1700s, which um, could be considered the first great awakening. The second great awakening in American history was when um, Charles Finney and others, but he was the main, again, another Christian preacher, but he was an attorney and was the main abolitionist voice in the mid 1800s to late 1800s. And he corresponded with Abraham Lincoln, all of Abraham Lincoln's presidency and encouraged Lincoln to keep going, and keep going and keep going. And that's where we have women's right to vote, you have mm-hmm. you start to see a lot of great things coming from the second great awakening and i've always considered this to be the third great awakening we're the third but wave, <laughs> the third wave yeah but it's mm-hmm. almost as if this third wave is actually the real wave because you're in toronto you're outside of toronto i'm in seattle Talk talked to um our beautiful brother who designed the great awakening map he's in Um, Thailand talking to uh, the guy who runs spiritual oneness account he's in Knoxville Tennessee I mean we are all around the earth right now connecting and I see these glows like you're glowing and I'm glowing and we start being these conduits of truly a covering around the earth of love and light
1: right now yeah and i i think um just based on my own experience i kind of um find that this whole thing is very akin to that of um birth Mm. you know like the contractions and then the pain and and you know like in retrospect that it's all very necessary and um the, the contractions of 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 energy that are coming in waves over this planet and this universe. Um, and they're all part of the great, that, that birthing process, the birthing of this new age, this new age of light. Yes. And you spoke of duality and you know, poverty, like there's always different classes, there is always different struggles. And, and that, that duality that was evident in that time was very physical. Right. Like, you know, there's uh, people with money and there's people without. There are people with food and there are people without. Right. There are people with education and there are people without. So that that stark duality was very physical. And what I believe has happened in an effort to to really accelerate the process of finding the oneness of that duality you know, is that the duality is evident in our, in each person. Mm. So we are witnessing the duality of self. We're witnessing our subconscious mind or ego or whatever you like to call it, right? So there's different language for different people. Yeah. Uh, Somebody messaged me just the other day with an inquiry, like, "I, I don't understand like these different words. I don't like the mystical words. I like these more tangible words. And, and my response was that, we all call into our experience and into our into our learning process the language that resonates with our our trajectory yes so anyway so this this duality is is within each one of us and when we see this from this from the perspective of i see i witness the ego as soon as you say i witness this you are separating your divinity. Yes. And in that separation, you are able to really identify where your power lies. And you then have a choice to say, "Lightness, light and dark both exist. I honor my dark. I honor the darkness for showing me the light. Yeah. And I choose to stand in the light. Because you you honor the darkness for the purpose that it serves yes. because without contrast you can't you can't choose and we are we are um, we are exerting our free will yes. in this way we are exerting we have the power to exert this this will and that will is our own spark of divinity right yes so I, I just like, I found really cool. that really interesting when you mentioned the duality in that, in the way that you did and just trying to tie it back to what's happening now in this, in this third wave, if you like, or yeah. in this continuing, yes, the continuing contractions as yes. we birth this together. Right. Yes. yes. Sounds like kind of creepy, but kind no, of it's beautiful. amazing. I, I, really
0: <laughs> believe, I really believe it's beautiful. Oh, my dog just busted through my door. Hold on. My body. My body. I got, a, I' got an old- timer who's uh, pretty much blind and deaf, but he, Oh bless he'll, him. He'll, um, he'll push through the door once in a while. Um, what's really beautiful, and one thing that I um, so I grew up in insanity. I grew up in insanity, and, and I gave a TED Talk last year breaking the cycle of child abuse) um, but it was so cloaked in um, the Christian veil, the facade, the veneer of goodness and holiness and purity and love and light and all these things. But one thing that I um, always had an issue with was from my perspective, not that it is this, but from my experience was it was such a victimhood narrative this happened to you this force this is this watch out hunker down be afraid isolate be and that creates the judgment that creates the fear that creates the control that creates all these things and and it led me when i was 20 i attempted suicide i, I literally cannot take the trauma of my life my childhood and current but also the I was taking anthropology classes. I'm holding these fossils that clearly did not align to the new earth, young earth narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm holding something and I'm being taught something different. And those two collided. And a couple of things I want to share, which is so beautiful. We just said in this duality, I think what's happening is in our divinity finally st- What, What is the manifestation of our divinity? I believe it is truly taking 100% responsibility and accountability and no longer blaming and no longer being a victim and no longer being a duality and saying in the contrast, I choose this, I rise in this. And, And truly some people are choosing darkness. We know the people in this narrative, in this world that have woken up and chose dark. There are the people that can wake up in the duality and say, actually I choose this, but they are such a minority. The most of humanity is waking up right now and choosing goodness and love and light. And I don't think it's accidental that the dark forces on this planet are bringing a, another veneer, a skin color veneer, this narrative of division based on literally the thinnest veil of this flesh host that we are in the 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 most non-relevant part of us is this the last outer layer of us right but it's also bringing everyone choosing no unity one beauty love like it's it's it is our expression of free will to rise above the duality and say i am choosing it's it's just greater i don't know it's arising out of this this pool
1: yeah and i think that um everything you know if you go uh anything from the coronavirus to uh the black lives matter movement to to literally everything that we see around us even something as simple as wearing a mask yes um it has the power to be so divisive and i'm seeing it and i'm i'm seeing it all around us i'm seeing it In the media narrative I'm seeing it in uh, the way that grocery stores operate I'm seeing it in the way that people are judging others Um, so there's so much division but in that there's also the opportunity like you're saying to say no and and to find a way to to find the vibration of what feels good Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what I choose and I, and I've been saying this, like having conversations and just kind of on a, on a very high level, we just have to respect people's decisions as, because people have to decide whatever helps their mental health. Mm. Like on a very, you know, 3d level, Yeah, yeah. it is simply that do what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But if you bring this up to, to even a 5d level, like, and I'm just dissecting it here, yeah. but it is about. Um, and, and going back to your point of you know the way that you grew up, and um, I, I think the the main thing is in a in a society, especially when you're coming from a doctrine of sorts, where you have been taught to abandon yourself, yes. you have been taught to abandon your truth, yes. um, to to take the voice of your intuition, take the voice of your divinity that you know, that, you know, we can call it a gut feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, we can call it intuition when it comes in this space and, you know, in your head kind of that vibration, or, you know, sometimes you're in such an energetic state of receiving where your body will physically buzz. Yes. But we've been taught to totally negate these three things. And these are the ways that the universe and source chooses to speak to us. And, um, in, in abandoning ourselves, you reach such a state of separation from your true self that, you know, there's an epidemic of depression, right. of anxiety, of suicide rates, and all of these things are just an indication of how far you are from your own power. And I, I mean, we see it everywhere, and <laughs> it's, it's painful. Yes. Um, but at the same time, it's a very natural response It's a very, very natural response. So, um, I know I took that off on a little no, tangent, Beautiful,
0: but- I'm tracking with you. That's really beautiful. I, <clears throat> all these, um, prescriptive solutions by the system only keep people from not feeling that they're still in the same vibration. There's still these, any, and it's not, and here's how i to say something, but for those listening, just because we present ideas doesn't mean there's judgment of anyone or anything. For instance, like the anti it's it's not to judge. I was telling someone the other day, like I, I stand for life. And until we stand for life, lives will not matter life matters the universal concept of life matters but if we talk about lives that's relative and then well who's live what life, how live black live blue live all lives all these things are their particulars until we have that universal truth to protect the particulars until we can rise up and say no love is always unconditional You've called love down here on this plane, conditional. That's not love. Yeah. Life always expands and protects and regenerates down here. What you've called life, but you can take her or, or
1: control. That's not life. I mean, that's not living. Yeah. Right. But that's about agendas, right? Yes. That That's just like, you know, you come, you have a place where you feel safe mm-hmm. and you feel like, you know, that thing has contributed so much to your being and your evolution, but the thing is, the buck doesn't stop there, like there has to be access from that box into the next box yes, and I always this has come up several times in talking to people, but I always talk to my husband. And we always talk about blowing up the box mm. and we always when he, when we first um, started dating and he said to me he goes you know you really need you're living in a box mm. you really need to to get out of that box and I said what are you talking about <laughs> like what are you talking about I'm so evolved and I'm so spiritual and I'm so all of these things yeah. and he's like well I feel like you're limiting yourself and I had such a visceral reaction to him pushing me, you know, like he would say, well, why can't you do this? And I would say, because like, it's not appropriate or because this is not right. And he's like, why, why isn't it right? You know? And, and, uh, needless to say, I, I blew up that box <laughs> and several, several others. That's good. But I, I had to learn how to question the agenda I had to learn how to question what was being imposed on me so that I could make an educated decision for myself on whether I wanted it to be a part of me, like without the imposition, but really, do I accept it or do I say, thank you, but no thank you. And that's, that's where you take out the judgment. That's where you say, you know, I... I don't judge what it is that's being offered, but I, I make a choice for myself and that's when I stopped abandoning myself. That's when I stopped abandoning my truth. That was probably the first, um, you know, few years of when I, you know, started doing that. And obviously I had to get a, get to a place where I was even receptive to that, but, um, it was, it was such a liberating experience. Because once you start choosing yourself, and it's not about me as a person. It's not about Bijal. It's it's about following my gifts. Mm. It's about expressing my gifts. Mm. Like, if I'm here then I want to be here to make the greatest impact possible, not because I want my name stamped on a wall, not because I want to go down in history as anything, but because I feel like the true connection of sharing love, not in the way that it's packaged for, for us to understand it, but true connectivity and expansive sharing of consciousness, that's what really makes a difference yes. in, in my life.
0: Yes. Yes, it's so it's so beautifully said. The expressing of gifts. There's a there's a verse in the Bible. It says, "Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom." And so, spirit source, universe, whatever. When the spirit of love is there, there's freedom. There's no judgment. And I started talking about. So I grew up, and I understand if people are listening from a Christian background or even a Jewish background of of Orthodox Judaism which I study um, today a lot, there is this fear of abandoning the word God. And in the abandonment of the word God or Hashem, the name of God, that how do I say it? It's like falling off the path or antithetical to the path. And so um, when people say source, God, whatever you want to say, there has to be an acknowledgement of all human beings to say, even the word God is not God. It's just a word in our vibrational our sound vibrations that we communicate and we can conceptualize. But even Paul says in no... Uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, that God's ways are above our ways. God's So literally, there's no fathomable way to even express the infinite intelligence and creation of all that is. So if that's the truth, and I think everyone say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Then you can let go of the fear of if you don't say the word God or what do you mean by God? Because we all have our own different definitions of God anyway. Our vernacular is different. Our, our definitions are different. So, what I'm telling people is love is love is the air, the atmosphere, the universe, the nature is the greatest teacher of love, the regeneration, the the grass, doesn't, we are not to be concerned if the grass withers and it comes back and the trees lose their leaves and they grow it back. That constant giving, constant beingness of, of our very existence. It, and so I share that is that when you say, you experience freedom and expressing, like you, that is where love is. And if we rose up into love, we would be free. Mm-hmm beings, which we are, this is what the great awakening is, waking up to love, to be freely expressive beings, to not only receive love, to receive the the peace of love, but also to be in the presence of others and help them feel the peace of love.
1: Yeah. You and I are just operating as a as unified consciousness today because mm-hmm. the things that you're bringing up to me are just have been so, um, so much a part of my own evolution or, mm-hmm. you know, like my own discovery yeah. of, of my own, it's not even my own really. I, I don't, it's not my own, my mm-hmm. discovery of divinity. So, um, I always use the word God. Yeah. God yeah. was everything. Yes, and, and I say it in the past tense, but I, I ask you to stay with me here for a second. God was everything. So as a child, I learned how to pray to God. Mm-hmm. I learned how to ask from God mm-hmm. or of God everything that I needed. As I got older, you know, in high school, um, you're faced with the regular things that a teenager does. And I, I befriended God. You know, at that point in my life, God became my friend. And, you know, just to back it up a little bit, um, as a child, I was afraid of God. Mm. I was afraid of God because God was the eternal, like that judgment. Like I felt I, I was very much involved in the idea of good and bad, right and wrong. And I always judged myself, you know, and I'm not going to project this out to like my, my family or upbringing or my you know religious affiliations or, or whatnot but my own internal dialogue was very much fear-based narrative with with God yes. going into like teenagers yeah I became he became a friend and I noticed the, the language I'm using he became a friend right so I, I envisioned a male entity yes. of, of, of God being a this judging eternal all-powerful all-knowing yes you know entity of god and um i very much now like if just moving kind of progressing forward um i actually had to go through a process where i had to let go of of the the god that i had created in my head Mm -hmm. and Again, this this can sound it's very scary for me to say out loud almost because again, there's part of my subconscious mind saying you're you're doing something wrong. You're abandoning. Yeah, you're in your territory. God. That,
0: yeah, you're in dangerous yeah. territory. Yeah, but right.
1: I I want to say this because it is a process that I've gone through and and I had to let go of the definition I had of God mm-hmm. because the word that language of using that word was too limiting yes. for the experience I was having of this energy. Yes. Yes. It was too much of a limiting, limiting vocabulary. Yes. And so now I can use it, you know, depending on who I'm speaking to, like there's different language for different people and, right. and I honor that. Right. Um, but for my own evolution, I had to really release everything mm. and say, I had to start using words like the universe. I had to st- start using words like source yes. and energy right. and love. Yes. and truth yes. you know truth yes. is a powerful force yes, yes. truth is, is probably the word that i can feel most akin to to what i know to be god you know um but i had to let it all go in order to experience the expansiveness of what i was reaching for i was reaching for all of that through this tunnel that i called god yes and, and the words themselves were limiting And so when I released all that, I was able to like really tap into this, um, to that expansion. And, and I am on a quest to keep pushing, like just to be on the edge of the, you know, that expansive experience, always pushing and expanding and growing. And, and you know, that it's just like more space, more space. Yes,
0: that's it. There's more yeah there, you first of all this is so beautiful i'm so glad we're talking and me too i don't want this to be our last conversation in any way um there is a rabbi let me find his book Let's See what is the book oh rabbi kaplan um wrote uh, a book called encounters and anyone listening oh, sorry my dog keeps uh, He's an old-timer. He's an old-timer. Um, so, everyone listening, Rabbi Kaplan passed away uh, many, many years ago. Brilliant. Uh, he was a physicist and a professor and then became a rabbi later on in his life. A really brilliant guy and he died very early, but he wrote this book called Encounters and I, anyone listening, it is, it's a short and powerful read. It is, it is such a beautiful book. But he said, he was talking about no no one can fathom god god is beyond our thoughts even human thought cannot even conceive of all these things and he said this funny line i love it he said it is right to say to the atheist the same god you do not believe in i do not believe in either (laughs) that makes me so laugh like the construct of whatever you know the male meant you know energy like i don't believe in that like yeah, I actually don't believe in that either. God is yeah. beyond even our construct. And it it's such a, what it does, and I was talking to a buddy when we we're teaching, when we go through Genesis, what it does, I think when we can be in that expanse of there's more, there's just keep going. And when you're in love and you feel safe and you just keep going, it is, um, It, what it, How do I even say it? When we can let go of that precipice and we can keep going, first of all, we can fully wake up to if our expression is, if there's more expression, if there's more love, if there's more light, if there's more goodness, if there's more than anything that restricts more, and not more pain, not more, but more goodness, more love, more truth, more beauty, more compassion, more kindness, more all these things. Anything that restricts that, that is what we need to wake up to and ask a couple of questions. I think, why? For people, is it why is it restricting? Why does the divine that all exists allow it to exist? This is another question. People say, well, why does bad thing, why do bad things happen? If God is good and God loves us, why do bad things happen? This is great. These are great questions. But what it also does is it humbles man. And that we think the serpent goes to Eve and says, you should not surely die from the day you eat thereof. God does know that your eyes shall be open and you should be as God's. Mm -hmm. And it says, and Eve seeing the fruit, that it was good to make her wise. She wanted that wisdom. She wanted to, mankind ever since then has been seeking the fullness of themselves in a way that they think they are greater as opposed to understanding their greatness and surrendering and having a humility. Do you see like, yes. I don't, I'm just throwing a lot of words out, but I, apart from the knowing the expansiveness of God and the love and beauty of God, we can become very egocentric and building up our own kingdom, which then we think we're big, but we are very small. So think, yeah, absolutely. go sis. No, no. We're,
1: we're, I think we are always, we can never be limited, mm. you know, like yeah. we, we can never be so small. Um, you know, there's it's a process that I've kind of had to um, adopt or surrender to. Mm. And that is, allowing So, you know, we talk about pain and suffering and we talk about love and I think that until you allow all of the pain and the suffering to move through you Mm. like Absolutely, just say come like literally like walking through the fire Um, But you witness it with such neutrality Mm -hmm. that it's not pain or suffering it just is yes. yes and and when that becomes you know you, that is ju- just it is what it is then everything else that we're talking about like i'm going to kind of you know say the highs and lows but in in true like with if we were to remove all the labels everything just is but yeah. until you meet yourself at that depth yes. you know and, and you face your suffering you face your fear and you realize that that suffering and that fear is simply there to show you another aspect of your wholeness. Yes. That when you experience your love and your joy and that exhilarated feeling of being so connected to everything, that you can have that true love and um, acceptance for everything and everyone around you so that it it eliminates any judgment outside of yourself because you eliminate that judgment inside right yes and then once you are able to do that that is what you're talking about to me in in my language is a power of creation yes yes so that power is we are creators and i talk about this um you know on my page and i i've written about this but i feel that when i step into this place of expansion that even in my meditations i have experienced moments of creating worlds Mm. you know so much so that i've been moved to like tears physically unable to move Mm. and it's like that joy of being a creator, that experience of, of becoming energy um, is is that of the creator, yes. right? Yes. And I think the more that we kind of cozy up to that experience, the more that we're able to function in it. Yes. I think the first few times you're just so overwhelmed and I'm sure like you have your own experiences of when you've, ex- you know, had your mystical experiences or other, um, you know, mm-hmm. just mind shattering experiences. Um, but we there, there's no difference between the energy of God and the creation of God and the creation that we ourselves have the ability to create the potential to create or that we are creating.
0: Yes. Oh, you. Okay. A couple of things. I was sharing last, last night with a friend, Okay, A couple of things I want to tackle. This is so beautiful. Okay, so Genesis, the book of Genesis, which literally is the protecting of the genetic code, mm-hmm. of or, of or, uh, divine and ordained creation of man. Okay, and in the right. That's why Genesis says the seed in itself, the seed in itself, the seed Holy in itself, wow. the seed in itself. If you read Genesis one, just one one, and then I say to people, what? So it says in the Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 2. And I teach that and is a conjunction of time. So if I have you describe what you did this morning in specific detail, wake up and, 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 mm-hmm. and is a conjunction of time. So it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And this is Genesis 1, 2, and the earth, was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and God said, let there be light and there was light. So this is just Genesis one, one through one, three. So a couple of things I want people to understand is that, We'll ask a question. Who's God talking to? That's the very first question we should be approaching to this. Why is he talking? Why is he speaking these things? Why does he say let, allow? Who is he saying to allow light? Mm -hmm. And why is the teaching to be in void? The earth was without form and void, which void means an absence of so why is there a void which brings darkness and then the spirit of God moves, comes in, and God says, let there be light. And so from the pitch void of light comes forth the most brilliant light. And this is what yeah. you're saying, like when we can go in and I t- tell people, go to the depth of your darkness. Go in if you need to be in a room with someone who's safe, that you feel safe because it can – you're, you're stepping in, but that is courage to go into the depth of darkness. And then realize when Jesus says later without qualification, not if you believe these, if this, if you do these things, if you say this, if you have the, he just literally starts his very first sermon recorded in Matthew. It says, you are the light
1: of the world.
0: And until we wake up to realize, "Wait, I am the light. So I can go into the darkness and then I realize, "Wait, I am the light. I'm not searching for light. I realize if I don't express my light, there will remain darkness. And this is what we're all doing right now is looking at ourselves saying, "Whoa. Like, express, create, expand. This is the creation thing, because we get to create is bringing forth light.
1: Yeah. And and just to dissect it just for the sake of discussion and and uh, understanding, if we were to qualify that word, world, Mm. what is the world? Are we are do we encompass the whole world, each one of us? Right? Like, how can we qualify that? How can we define it? How can we limit it? It's unlimited. And we ourselves are unlimited. So when God says, when Jesus says, Yes. You know that it's the starting point of, of in the world that he gives the descriptors of everything that's happening yes. simultaneously well we always think in a human capacity that the world represents the earth the heavens up above the skies and yes. we think of the sun and we think of the water and the oceans and we think of the trees and the animals and we think of humans and and whatever else that we've been conditioned to understand that word to be but then when you let go of the identity of even that word yes like (laughs) just blow up all the boxes right take the word world replace it with everything full potential of your being yes right or whatever you choose whatever your experience has allowed you to experience right right um and to understand of it but I just think that we take language so literally yes. and we, we let well, it be an limit, obstacle.
0: In, in, our literal in, in the literalness of our language or we actually remove the limitless possibility of the language. For instance, um, and sorry, I cut you off, but you maybe me think um, world. Mm-hmm. World is word with love injected into it. L. The L actually represents love and light into the words. So we, because I, I now I'm thinking John three sixteen, which is a famous verse that many people know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah. And then Jesus says, "You are the light of the world. You are." And then three times it says in the Bible what God is. It says in Hebrews, uh, it says, and we know our God is a consuming fire. And fire was the only source of light when yeah. that was written. And then in John, first John, it says God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. And it says God is love. Yeah. So love and light exemplified by this fire that emit, that emits heat, that emits light, that emits these things and also consumes. You we can give it's the fear, we can release the things. And that love will. Take from us what is no longer serving our highest self. Yeah. And at the same time, give to us the freedom, the permission, the. The horizon to yeah. explore.
1: Exactly. And that exploration comes after we surpass language. Mm, yes. So language is just another. um, it's another barrier it's another obstacle right yes. so like when we talk about intuition it's about being able to surrender your analytical mind just enough to be quiet to be silence so that the love can speak to you so that source can speak to you or you you can hear yourself right yes. and then like that that physicality of that gut feeling right that's not language that's just telling you I don't know this feels off this feels right I feel safe I don't like these are words that I'm using to translate this feeling but perhaps these words can't even quantify what that is okay right? And then there's like your, there's the entire experience. And, and like the human body is a conduit of energy. Mm. It's a conduit for God and and source and the experience of the divinity that we are. So when we use it in its fullest potential, you have to honor language as simply one tool. Mm. And the the ego is simply a tool. I can honor it once I see it. Language, I can honor it when I see it. Yes. You know, um, Yes. My physicality, the limitations of my physicality, I can mm. honor it when I see it. Mm. But I also have to see my energetic composition mm. that is limitless. You know, my, my identity doesn't end at, at the edge of my skin.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, that right. I am so connected to you right now in this moment Yes, that there is no force that would be able to quantify that right now. right. right. But you and I have created a world in a a new dimension as the creators that we are. And we've held space and love and light to to create this world of this podcast. Yes. You know, like in a very literal sense, if we were to just kind of bring it back down into our physicality, into the 3D, this is another creation. Mm. And, And this in and of itself can birth the awakening within others or inspire them to find their themselves right the birth of themselves
0: right that's a really beautiful way to see it i that yeah we are creating a world and we're being an invitation for others to step into this world yeah and i have talked about this on podcasts i don't know recently but i was going for a run a couple couple months ago three months ago now before before the lockdown, before coronavirus, sometime this year, and I know exactly where I was <laughs> around the the neighborhood, and the words "boundless surrender" like it just shot into me, boundless surrender, and I like boundless surrender. I have no bound. Ba- I know surrender. I talk about surrender and like surrender, boundless surrender. And I while I'm running, I could see myself with no form there's no form there's nothing i mean i see me i have the form but there's nothing around me with form to hold on to or identify or to touch or i literally just was Mm
1: -hmm. and i said,
0: wow that's boundless surrender
1: that's beautiful
0: oh so it's a really beautiful it's beautiful
1: it's beautiful yeah and when you say, again, if you're, when you're using this language, mm. um, those that have experienced this will, the vibration of those words will reach the vibration of those who have experienced it. And it will mean, like the words themselves don't mean anything. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't matter. I could right. say like crocodile fox. <laughs> And if I attributed, like, yes. meaning to those words, then mm-hmm. they meant something, you know? Right. Right. Um, but when I, I mean, I've had experiences that when you say those words, I am, I am taken back into my own experience. And mm. that's the thing, like, time, time is also very relative. Yes,
0: yes. You know,
1: when you, yes. when you, when I, like, so if I, I've taken, I've allowed everything of my life to be a part of me, whatever comes comes whatever comes back, it's back. Yes. And I use my discretion, but if it's a gift, I'll I'll accept it, right? Yes. So there's there's certain um, spiritual um, hymns, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, that I grew up listening to, and they're called bhajans They're they're like devotional songs. That's what mm-hmm. they are. They're devotional songs. Beautiful. And as a child. And growing up, you know, like actually throughout my life, i can 't even limit it, that music has brought me such to t- such experiences of joy mm. and um, like has moved me into a space where I physically am nothing, mm. and yet everything at the same time mm. so- and, and and the thing is like it's probably my earliest taste mm. of of my own truth of my own power of my own divinity yes. and that word is very appropriate here my own divinity yes so you know like that music has a way of of actually physically transporting me into a different pocket of space and time to re-experience the energy that was flowing through me at that time yes. sounds really out there but no, it's i had experiences of like beautiful. time and space really not being as concrete as we make them out to be Mm. and like just just to kind of take it a little further is that even our healing journeys are like that Mm. right we talk about the love of god we talk about grace and we talk about faith and surrender those are probably the big words um that i grew up with and i found in that in my own surrender and my own faith that i have given myself enough compassion to forgive myself, to accept myself, and even to actually physically go into a dimensional space and time to, to, tell, to shower my own self in, in the past with, with the love that I needed mm-hmm. to actually come back to this space and time and to feel a little bit more complete and whole. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought it was God, you know? I had these really rock-bottom periods of my life where I could not physically even get up out of the bed. And I remember, um, I'll share this very, uh, I'll share this experience, but you know, I was, I was, I had just no will for anything. Mm. And um, it was really difficult. And I was, I was lying in the bed and I heard a voice and it said, get up. Mm. And I was just like, no, you know, like i I'm not, I can't, I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. And it said, get up, get up. And literally I felt a hand come out and lift me up. And, and I, I got up and I showered and thereafter, my life just kind of got back on pace Mm. and I couldn't tell you what that was. You know, I, I said, God, I said, it was God, but you know, twenty years later, I'm—I was actually at a silent retreat and um, spent a lot of time by myself meditating in solitude. And I had this experience of traveling through time. And time travel sounds like such an abstract, crazy idea, oh, but it was just I'm this yep. vision of myself and the witnessing of that self. And I was moved by so much compassion for for what i was going through at the time that all i could do was pour my my love onto myself my my past self and i realized what i was envisioning was exactly that point in time where that voice said get up and physically lifted me and it and it i i knew it's not like i thought i figured maybe no i knew that it was me that it was it was the power of everything that I am, that everything that I've ever been, mm. that we have the power to heal ourselves, to love ourselves, to make ourselves understand and realize the wholeness that we always have been and always are. Mm.
0: That's so beautiful. Oh, that is beautiful. I'm going to, we'll, well, I have, you just, um we've gone i know i know well rome i say rome 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 the conqueror rome the the suppressor rome the empire rome the concept rome cicero says is the mob <laughs> rome this low vibration Ironclad suppression of expression, suppression of beauty, suppression of Rome, the this concept that Jesus is entered into the epitome of and I believe that he was the leader of the Essenes, which is the Gnostic group, and they were—that's where the Dead Sea Scrolls, which they haven't been released. Only one author of that translation board released his work, and he was an agnostic, and everyone else was Anglican or, or Roman Catholic, because it shows the oldest Hebrew script um, text on planet Earth that Jesus was crucified in 88 BC. Um, they called him the Teacher of Righteousness. He was much older. 33rd Rome claimed that they killed him at uh, age 33 because 33 degree Mason 33rd degree level the highest order of Roman
1: power
0: I mean it's so crazy um and what uh thanks moles um why I'm bringing this up why this is so interesting is I think when we Jesus was a teacher of individual awakening. Rome made him an idol to be worshipped and then stripped away. Again, that not taking responsibility, stripped away. He keeps saying, you say that I am. They're like, are you God? He's like, you say that I am. Well, whatever we say, we create. Yeah. And then he says, I am my father, are one. He that abideth in me and I in him, to the same bringeth forth much fruit. And what made me think of it with you is that when we heal our inner child, when we go back in time and integrate and pour love on the child inside of us, we are integrating the son into the father, mother. We are integrating the, the infinite love. And for people that are still hung up on the Roman idolatry of abdicating our own awakening to right. ascribing someone else's awakening as the path. Sorry, in the dark. I've never, we got he's, he's an old time guy, but.
1: Um, he, he really loves the, conv- the conversation. He like, he he's like, conversation. You're, you're, you want me to miss out on this? Yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> he
0: loves it. Um, even what I'm saying, I know this might trigger some people, but I really believe that That teaching, the great teachings of self awakening, are so antithetical to the system, to the deep, what we call the deep state, to the elite power structures, to what I just easily call Rome, the Roman Mm -hmm. structure of conquering and suppression. But it can never suppressed truth and it can never and it's never suppressed awakening And i think in that totalitarian suppression that is the brilliance of the light and this is what i just look at you and i'm watching you talk and i'm like this brilliant royal divine being speaking right now awakening sharing with me different time zones different countries different paths but creating this world being yeah. an invitation for other people to come into this world, awaken themselves, question these things. This is so powerful and it's so beautiful. And I just, I honor you and I honor that voice and I honor the courage that you have. You're courageous. And sister.
1: Thank you. And I mean,. Sister. That I, in the same reciprocal, the thing is that without you being a container Mm -hmm. to receive it, right, Mm -hmm. there, there's, there's no value to what I'm offering. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, and likewise, it's, it's your, whatever you're offering, I receive it as, you Mm -hmm. know, a sacred truth. So I honor you in the same way. And, um, it's so beautiful, you know, to create together. Yes. Just just the, the joy of creation is yes. it's so exhilarating it is. Um, and it's effortless. And I just yes. want to say that like to people, you know, when you're living in your truth and you are living joy, there is only ease. Yes. Ease is that indication of alignment. Yes. Ease is everything. Yes. So nothing should be hustling. Nothing should be mm. like difficult. Like this is so joyous. Mm. And, and we are not anomalies. No, this, we're this not. is like, this yeah. is, this yeah. is an indication of truth and love and light.
0: Yes. yes. It's beautiful. Sis, where can people find you? How can people connect with you and talk with you and be with you in even your content?
1: So right now um, you can find me on, on Instagram at infinite light studio. Mm. Um, I have quite a bit of, um, you know, in the works. So you can look out for more. All of the information will come through there. Um, I'm hoping to do more podcasts, and uh, I'll, I'm sure we'll speak again. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. There'll be. Uh, I'm working on a guide and a mm. uh, workbook, and uh, there'll be there'll be much more. So so join me there. And if you're not, um, you know, if you're not active on Instagram, I do have a sign up. Like you can you can sign up to my email, so um, you can be in the know when when new things come out
0: beautiful and I will put I'll get the link from you I'll yeah, put that in the sure. show notes and ah, sister thank you thank, thank
1: you thank you thank you so much I I I've had such a great time here today
0: sweet sister thank you so much for joining I'm excited to record another conversation with you here very soon where we go even deeper on the subjects blessings and blessings to you my sweet sister everyone thank you Thank you for listening. I'm Lucas Mack. I'm the host of the Golden Rule Revolution. In the past, I've said where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. And really, that is my mission, that you see another sovereign, sentient human being and see them and love them and bless them. Because what you see on the outside, on the external, is just a reflection of you on the internal. You judge another; you have judgment. Judgment inside you. If you are afraid by what you see, you have fear within you. So, what you see mirrored to you is what you get to do the inner work with right now. And so, I'm excited to continue bringing these episodes, these amazing guests, these beautiful light workers to you to this world. Because this is what I want to share with you, brothers and sisters. If you are tethered and anchored and holding on to fearful, judgmental, indicting belief structures, be they political, religious, economic, you are going to, you're gonna have a rough path. (laughs) You're gonna have a rough path and I don't want you to have a rough path. I want every single soul on this planet to be liberated in love, to be liberated in light. So really do the inner work right now. Detach from all these belief structures where you say, I don't believe this, I do believe. Just let it all go. Explore all that there is to explore and show love and light wherever you go. Study all religions, study all paths, study all philosophy, study all political um, and socioeconomic agendas. Look at them and see what brings a sense of relief and freedom and peace and what creates anxiety and fear and division and judgment. Have the courage to step out right now, brothers and sisters. You are not alone. There is an army of light workers around the world standing for your freedom. So if you're feeling stuck, reach out to my sweet sister, Bejul. If you're feeling stuck, reach out to me. We work with people helping them face their darkest and deepest fears and secrets that they can speak truth to those, bring light into those dark memories, dark moments, dark, dark concepts or loops so that they can be free, so that you can be free. So I'm honored that you're walking this journey with me. I'm honored to be with you on these podcasts and I look forward to speaking with you